Equipping for Life podcast by Pastor Tony Paolo. Listen as Pastor Tony provides tactical tools to overcome obstacles in your everyday life. Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is alive and active. The King James says, quick and powerful. So we're going to say the word of God is alive, active, quick, and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So now, if you're a student, my mind immediately went to, I'm going to break this up into four different parts, like four different layers, and then with each layer um, separately. So the first, when we look at this and we see the Word of God is quick, powerful, active, quick, alive, powerful, and active, it's not a metaphor, it's not, we're not saying, wow, the Bible is like really alive. No, the Bible is life. It's not a random book released by mankind. It's the word of God. But when I say the word of God, it's the same thing as saying it's the words of God. And when we read it, its instinct is to carry the power of God. Every single time you read it, every single time you read it, its instinct is to strike something in you that's going to spark some new growth, that's going to spark a renewal in your heart and in your life. And this is what happened with, when we look at this in context, the entire chapter 4, God was just upset with these people. They were wandering and they were lost because they didn't fall in love with the Word of God. They said, the phrase he used, you are at unrest, which is the opposite of rest. <laughs> that's the you ever say it again? He says, you are unrest. Another version says, and he says, you are living your life very frazzled because you're not living your life according to the word of God. He says, you have not entered into promise because you're not relying on the word. Hence, the word of God is alive, active, powerful, quick, and powerful. It's not a metaphor. In fact, let's go a little further. The word, word is logos in the Greek, which means written but it's a substance that's alive so to give you a little bit more insight god's word is so powerful became a person so this is not an autobiography i think this i think the people would benefit from this this is not a life improvement program this is not like oh you're struggling just download this app here and this will make your life better this is not about life improving or taking away your pain this is about taking people who are dead and making them alive that's the word that's the word of god alive active powerful logo written let's prove it john chapter 1 verse 1 we all know this scripture in the beginning you read this in the beginning was the and the word was with and the word was god so word w it's capitalized which means we're talking about home jesus so his word is the very person actually becomes a person jesus is the personification of the word so what we're saying here in the beginning was the logos and the logos was with god and the logos was god so we're talking about jesus let's go a little bit further in verse 14 and the word logos became flesh and lived among us just kind of i remember in brooklyn we had a, a gym teacher um which is the only class i got an a in he says, all you have to do is wear shorts and show up. I says, I can do that. 
He says, I'm going to throw an A at you and you have to dodge really hard to escape it. I didn't dodge, so I found it. So he had, we, our school was in Brooklyn, the high school, George Westington House, vocational technical high school, one of the worst high schools in the country at the time. Um, this teacher was the, every, all the teachers lived in Long Island and upstate. This teacher lived in our neighborhood. And as a result, he got respect. He got all of our respect. Why? Because he came out of the heavenly realm with his tent literally means he tabernacled among us. And the Greek means he, uh, he pitched his tent amongst the people. So this is where we say God's word is alive, active, quick, and powerful. The word of God, and this is why the Bible says that we meditate on his word. Now, we can meditate during the day because we're awake. But how do we meditate at night? This means now, because David says, even at night, your word counsels me. If, if I were you, I'd be Googling that verse and studying it later. <laughs> how in the world? So I could meditate it on, on, during the day because I'm awake. But how do I meditate on it at night? The word of God goes so deep, it hits you in your REM sleep. I'm telling you, this is, if you eat this before you go to bed, you're going to sleep good. A free counseling session for everybody. You know, they say never to eat five guys before you go to bed. A friend told me. Never eat five guys at 11.30 at night. I don't know. They told me that. Because they say the food will talk to you. Okay? But if you eat this at night, 11.30 before you go to bed, this food will talk to you in your REM sleep. In your darkest secrets, this Holy Spirit, you get a free counseling spirit, a, whole, a free counseling session by the Holy Spirit. He says, even at night, I get a counseling session. See, some of y'all want to go during Halloween, want to go to the haunted rooms and the haunted castles and, and, and Fall River and New Bedford, be like, let's get our scare on and then wonder why you struggle with fear and wonder why you can't sleep. Haunted houses, stop that nonsense. And want to set up an appointment? Pastor, anoint me with oil. I have the spirit of fear. Stop visiting haunted houses. This is the word meditate. Meditate in the Latin is masticar, which in Spanish we get the word chew. Chew on his word day and night. Don't ble- and, and some of you are like, God, just give me a word. He did already gave you a lot of them he's not going to give you anything new if you didn't do anything with the old so well, let's find out what it means this whole phrase sharper than any two-edged sword this this phrase really got me because i'm like that's an odd phrase but i'm finding out that it's found throughout the whole new testament we read it in revelation chapter 1 verse 16 where God, John on the island of Patmos sees a vision of Jesus and he says, and out of his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword. Now I'm thinking, if I'm in a battle, I wouldn't have a sword coming out of my mouth. I have a sword in my hand. Come on, let me... Double-edged. Not, so I started looking up this word, double-edged sword, and it's a really strange Greek word, it's dystomos, and we break it apart into two compound words, and it's di, which means two, and then stomos, which means mouth. Are you following me so far? 
So it says a double-edged sword. So out of his mouth, the double-edged sword is a two-mouthed sword. My question is, is why would the Bible refer to the Word of God repeatedly throughout the New Testament as a two-edged sword? Because the Word of God, first of all, comes from, first of all, from where? His mouth. Okay, you're, you're tracking with me. So. And then it hits our heart. And when that word that goes from a written word, the logos, into a rhema word, which is a living word, now it's real, and now we allow it to just manifest. And when the word of God comes to me, it breaks apart my discouragement. It breaks apart my depression. It breaks apart my anxiety. It breaks apart my sadness. It breaks apart the spirit of suicide. Anything that you're dealing with, when that word hits my heart, it breaks the mantle. And the enemy that coming after me like a flood the spirit of God raises up a standard that's the mouth of God that's hits my heart meditate this is not information this is revelation but the information goes from information to revelation when I have a moment of of meditation and that's when the personification of who God is now I have an obligation to live according to Jesus for some of you this is just a one-edged sword It left God's mouth and it got stuck around here somewhere. How does it go to a double-edged sword? From his mouth, it hits my spirit. And I can begin declaring that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that sets up and rises up against me, I will be able to refute. That's the word of the Lord. Sharper than any two-edged sword. This is why it's important to read your Bible. Do you remember the three points months ago? How do you get a revelation of the Holy Spirit? Point number one. Point number two. Good memory. What was the third point? Don't use your app because the app is right next to your Facebook. Open up the book and get yourself a large print. Did I say that out loud? A large, large print. For God so loved the world. Spend some money. Get it leather so you can smell it. That's the word of the Lord. It's nothing like getting a word from God. Let it marinate and cut through stuff. This is, I mean, and this is the whole thing. It cuts soul and spirit. You can't cut soul and spirit because it's immaterial. The Word of God can. You can't cut joint and marrow because it's immaterial. But you know what? The Word of God can. You know, you know what can't touch that area? Your counselor. I said it. You know what can't touch that? Your therapist, your psychologist, your psych- psychologist, your psychiatrist, your scientist, your analyst can't touch that pa- a part of your life. But you know what can cut that? The Word. The Word of God can co- go right in there. And you have to let the work the Word and let the Word work. I highlight my Word, but the Word highlights me. So sometimes you feel convicted. It's not me. Sometimes you feel like I'm talking about you. Yes, I am. Sometimes you feel judged. It says it judges the intents of the heart. But this rhema word is when you have the revelation, now it's real, and you begin to live it out. You begin to live it out. Don't allow the supernatural to remain dormant in you. 
Don't allow the supernatural to stay, stay stuck in your spirit. And I love this part. It divides. It cuts through. Some of us pray prayers like, Lord, lead me. Please give me a word. God, I need to know. If you can give me a revelation now, confirm it one more time. But yet the word cuts the soul and spirit in joints and marrow. And we're praying like the word is not alive. The word is alive. The word is life. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 8 says this. God's commands will bring health to your navel and nourishment to your bones. What's your navel? Some of you have an innie, and some of you have an Audi. Let's see it. Some of you used to have an innie, but over the years, your body has changed, and you, have, you had an innie when you were 11. Now you have an Audi. Isn't this powerful? I love this. It brings health to your belly button. When you were in your mother's womb, you were fed by the umbilical cord through your belly button. Now, did you remember or know you were being fed? No. What happens when you're in REM sleep? The word feeds you. The umbilical cord of heaven feeds your spirit. So when it comes time to make decisions, you make decisions based on the revelation of his manifestation of who Jesus is. Come on, work. You got to work. You want to be led, but you don't want to work. You want to you be led? Wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Pastor, how do you do all that? I wake up when I want to sleep. Believe me. I'm like, if I sleep right now, it's 3.30. If I go to sleep right now, I'll get 3, 4.30, I'll do three more hours of sleep. Listen, this is not, salvation is free. The anointing, you got to work. This is it here. This is it. Meditating. What's the purpose of the navel? Well, it fed you the umbilical cord, and when it was done, you'd no longer need the umbilical cord. But according to this, you still need it. According to this, you need the meditation. The one thing that takes you from logos to is meditating on the word of the Lord. And interesting here that it hits your marrow, which is the inside some of you, you, you cook with that. Who cooks with that? Don't, I don't want that. I know my culture, the Spanish people and the Germans and my wife, is that you cook with the marrow. But the, just give me just, give me chicken and the steak. I'm good. Just, and so what happens, I know, I, I eat it. I don't even know. My wife will say this is steak. I'm like, this is good steak. And it's marrow. And so the marrow, healthy marrow, healthy person. The marrow carries the nutrients. And if we're marinating in revelation, the leading of the spirit comes through the nutrients carried from the umbilical cord of heaven into our navel. So you never have to have to pray a prayer like, Jesus, please lead me. Why? Because now it becomes second nature. Why? Because it's in your marrow. It's in you. Oh, Jesus. And, And... Behavioral therapists can't touch your marrow. Doctors diagnose the symptom. God says, let's take a look at your marrow. I had a lady here about 10 years ago. She, she used to attend the church. And, and uh, she had uh, bone marrow cancer. And she had a bone marrow transplant from her sister. Successful, 
she was healed and whole. And she says, Pastor Tony, you know what's interesting? Before my bone marrow transplant, I had brown wavy hair. And then when I got the bone marrow from my sister, I now have blonde straight hair like my sister. My hair completely changed. She said, people are now saying, you act like your sister. You laugh like your sister. You look like your sister. You got her hair. You got her, you got blonde eyebrows now before you had brown eyebrows. How does that happen? Because when the marrow of the word of God comes into your life, you begin looking like Jesus. You begin walking like Jesus. You say, there's something different. Only 13 months, you look different. That's the Holy Spirit. That happens even when you're sleeping. When you're sleeping, you are being made more like Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Hey. My good. Pastor is good preaching. Listen. This is the word of God. Again, what's the first point? Second point. Third point. Read your Bible. The marrow. Only the word of God. See, music is powerful. But music's not alive like the word is alive. So they have churches that all do is worship. Oh, I just want, I don't really want to hear the prayer. I want to hear the word. But I, I, I just want to, I don't want to hear the word. I want to just worship. The word is life. The word goes deeper than the symptoms and heals the heart and makes it whole. Now, the doctors will prescribe medication to alleviate the symptom. Do you realize that? That our medical industry will not look to heal the root because if they heal the root, they lose money. But Jesus comes, I says, listen, I've come to set you free. Don't think of a bird flying out of a cage. But really in the Greek, that means I've given you a platform of freedom. I've come and changed that spongy tissue inside your soul, and it changes everything. And this is why the last part of this, it says the word judges. The word looks at your actions and thoughts and attitudes. One version says it exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. Now, I could judge your actions, but I can't judge your innermost desires because I don't know. I don't have access to that. But you know who does? The Holy Spirit has access to it and how is it that one sermon that is preached from this platform can speak to so many people at the same time it's the word of the lord the invasive healing power of god's word so this week go on to amazon.com go to dayspring are they still open Adabar. Get yourself a Bible. A nice one. Spend the extra five bucks. A leather one. With your name on it. With the comments. And the problem is, is you're not investing in this. You're not. Spend, spend 50 bucks. I don't have that kind of money. You bought the new sneakers, though. Spend the money. Spend the money. Spend the money and get yourself a word. Go on to blueletterbible.org. 
Join a small group. Go to the men's small group. Go to the women's small group. Join a Bible study. Do, do something that's going to shift you out. And when you are fed, before you go to bed, fall asleep on the Word of God. Come on, fall asleep. Fall asleep in the book of Leviticus and Numbers. Do something. And guess what? As you sleep in REM sleep, what you put in last minute, it's going to flow. You wake up saying, I know what to do. Why? Because while I was sleeping around 2.30 in the morning, I felt like I got a Holy Spirit counseling session. And these ladies and gentlemen here that are graduated from the school of preaching, you have the descriptive and mandate from heaven to handle this word. Preach the word. Whether it's behind the pulpit, whether it's on podcasts, whether, whether it's a Bible study, do something. You have this, you got to do something now. You, you, gotta, you can't do the same thing that you are doing now. You do something. Plant the, plant the church. Start a campus. Somebody says slow down.